bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. If you look at our uh, artwork behind us, we have the mountain of the Lord's house, the Lord's house on a mountain, and underneath are the powers of the earth, education, family, science and technology, business, media, culture, government. The Bible says the mountain of the Lord's house shall be above government, above culture, above media, above business, above science and technology, above family, above education. The mountain of the Lord's house is the highest authority in God's economy in any jurisdiction. The highest authority in a nation is not its parliament. It is not its judiciary. It is not it's executive. The highest authority in any nation is the mountain of the Lord's house. When the church is properly established, it becomes the highest authority. And don't ever forget that. He says the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. And he says all peoples shall flock into it. When God is fulfilling his agenda on earth, the first place he goes to is the church of Jesus Christ. The church, the people of God who have the Holy Spirit in them. So how does this work out practically in our lives? And go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 17 and verses 8 to 13. And we're going to read a story there that will illustrate how authority from the mountain of the Lord can impact activity in the world. Now, this story we're about to read occurred after Israel had come out of Egypt. Remember when they came out of Egypt, they've been slaves for many years. They've been in Egypt for 430 years. They came out overnight, came through the Red Sea, they didn't have a proper army. They hadn't built an army. They didn't have a properly constituted nation. Moses was kind of a leader, but he wasn't properly established. There was no proper priesthood. Nothing was working. They came out and they started having problems. One of the problems they had was that there was no food. They started complaining, no food, no food, no food, no food, no food. Moses, no food, Moses, no food. We are going back to Egypt, no food, no food. Human beings are quite interesting characters. So Moses go to God and say, the people said, no food. We haven't had time to set up agricultural department or ministry of agriculture. We don't have even land to cultivate. And, and I don't know how to feed these people. God says, okay, watch what I will do. So in the, God tells them in the morning there will be manna, and manna rains. And for 40 years, whilst they are a transitory nation, he feeds them with manna. But you know, the moment they settle, the manna ceases. You cannot build a nation on manna. So they had manna, and they stopped complaining about food. Then they said, no water, no water, no water, no water, no water, no water. They are like Ghanaians. You, know? <laughs> you, you solve one problem, they're going to ask for something else. No water, no water, no water, no water. So Moses says, 
God, they say, no water. What should I do? God says, okay, look at that rock over there. Go and hit that rock and I'll bring water. So they have free water with a water bill, no water meter, just free water. Who doesn't like a government like that? <laughs> free food, free water. So after they had those problems solved, food is solved, water is solved, then they had an enemy come against them, the Amalekites. Now they have to learn to fight and watch what happens. So that's what we're about to read. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 to 13. It says, Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Moses did, Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. Moses, Aaron, and Hare went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand, hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hare supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The name Rephidim means a place of rest. It almost seems as if Israel had entered rest. Water problem solved, food problem solved. They are now about to shout, hallelujah. Then Amalek attacks. At the time of rest, Amalek attacks. And they're not ready for this battle. They haven't built an army yet. How are we going to fight? Moses gives the strategy how to fight this first battle of a new nation. And in this first battle, I'm going to focus on three characters in the battle. Moses, Joshua, Aaron, and Hur. Moses and Joshua, and then Aaron and Hur. Let's look at each one of them closely. The first character we look at is Moses. Moses represents the church in authority. The church in authority. Moses said to Joshua, we're going to fight this battle in a very interesting, strange way. I'm going to go to the mountain and I'm going to go with the rod of the Lord and I'm going to hold it high. I'm going to hold it high. Now, why didn't he say, I will stay in the valley and hold out the rod? It's still the rod. Why did he say, I'll go out to the corner and hold it high? It will still be the rod. Why did he say, I'll go to my bedroom and hold up the rod? It will still be a rod. But he says, I'll go to the mountain. What is he looking for? Visibility. Israel will see him. Amalek will see him. And he has in his hands the authority of God. Moses shows us. That for the church to win its battles, it must hold high the name of the Lord. It must hold high the name of the Lord. Moses lifted up the rod of God. But we don't lift up a rod. We lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We honor his name and he shows up. So Moses is on the mountain and he's holding high the rod of the Lord. 
Amalek sees it. Israel sees it. The soldiers sees it. For Amalek, they're going to say, what's that guy doing on the mountain? For Israel, they'll say, the rod of the Lord is lifted up and there is victory for us. One is asking questions. One is making declaration of faith. Because when we make the power and the name of the Lord visible, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. We must never be tempted to hide the authority of the church and the rod of the Lord. It must be visible out there. Moses represents the church in authority. It holds high the name of the Lord. Secondly, the church in authority controls the battle from above. Moses knew where the battle was being fought. It was first a spiritual warfare and secondly a natural warfare. Moses did not fight the natural battle. He took charge of the spiritual battle and won from the mountain. Won in the realm of the spirit. Control the battle from above. The church has authority to control the battle from above. And thirdly, when the church is in authority, it releases believers to engage the world. Moses did not directly fight in that battle. He provided inspiration for Joshua and the people to engage the enemy in battle. When the church is established in authority, as Moses was on the mountain, the people of the church are inspired to go out into the world and do exploits for Jesus. So that's Moses. Second character, we look at Joshua. Joshua represents the church in battle. The church in battle. Moses, the church in authority. Joshua, the church in battle. Whilst Moses is engaging in spiritual warfare and there is a role for the church in spiritual warfare but the battle doesn't end with spiritual warfare. There has to be earthly warfare. So what does Joshua do? Joshua engages in battle on the ground. Moses is on the mountain. Joshua is in the valley. The battles of the church are not fought in the church. The battles of the church are fought after church service outside there in the world. If you have to go out there and deal with the problems of life, they don't occur here. Here, we lift up the rod of God. But you have to go on Monday morning and fight your own battles. But anytime you're fighting, remember the name of the Lord is already lifted up on my behalf. And so as I engage in this battle, I am like Joshua. I am like Joshua. I will not fail. Although I haven't fought before, we don't have an army, and we are not prepared for this battle, but the Lord was prepared before he delivered us. He knew we'll come to this point, and he has a strategy to give us the victory. You will win your battles. You will win your battles. When we lift up the name of Jesus, we fight under his banner. The church in battle uses the systems of the world to fight. Moses fought with the rod of the Lord. Joshua fought with the sword in his hand. Two different weapons. 
the authority of the name of the Lord and the instruments of warfare. He used the same weapons the enemy had. When the church is engaging the world, the church cannot afford to be substandard. When we use music to minister, we must use it with excellence. We can't come to the church and say, well, we're going to sing, but make a joyful noise to the Lord and sing discord and hurt people's eardrums. When we come to sing, we must be like Lumina. Perfection. Perfection. Aim for perfection. Let the world hear us and say, wow, those church people have got voice. Not that, well, all the best talent is in the world and cheap talent in the church. The church is not a place for cheapness. It's a place for excellence. Joshua is fighting in the valley and he's using the sword of the enemy to deal with the enemy. When we use the media to preach, we must use it with excellence. When we build schools to serve our communities, we must operate them with excellence. When we administer the church, we must administer the church with excellence. Churches must be run better than banks. Churches must be run better than corporate organizations. We must run this church better than Microsoft or than Apple because they are only doing apps. We are dealing with the souls and destinies of eternal beings. In this place, we are dealing with eternity. They are dealing with time. You cannot let the world be better organized than you. The church must be properly organized. It must be the best run corporate organization on the planet. Moses fights with a rod. But Joshua doesn't fight with a rod. Joshua fights with the systems of the world. But he has superior strategy because on the hill, there is authority coming to empower his hand to do exploits. Listen to me, believers. When you go out to the world, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. When you set up your business, don't be cheap. Don't set up lousy businesses and say, well, God can use it anyway. No, he wants you to be excellent. David was a skillful player. Look at the temple of, of Solomon. Excellence in organization so that other nations will come and say, wow, we didn't know God's people were so excellent. When you say you are a believer, Everything you do must be top class. Top class. Don't, don't set up small businesses with cheap, cheap, cheap things. People come to your office, they sit on your office chair and fall. You are representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Whatever you do, you do with all your might. With all your might. Joshua fights by following divine instructions. In verse 9 and 10, Moses said to Joshua, choose some men, go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought Amalek. When we go out to engage the world, we're not doing it by our own logic. We have to find out what God says about the situation. We must follow divine mandate, divine instruction, divine authority. If you build your business, 
by the authority of God, I can guarantee you Amalek will be defeated. Amalek will be defeated. The third group we want to look at quickly and then I close is Aaron and her. Aaron and her. Moses, the church in authority. Joshua, the church in battle. Aaron and her, the church in service or the church in ministry. The serving church. The serving church. The church in ministry. The ministering church. What do they do? What do Aaron and her do? They uphold the authority of the church. As, as the battle is going on, Moses would lift up his hand and Joshua is prevailing. Then his hands get down, he brings his hand down, Amalek is prevailing. Pretty soon Joshua, uh, uh, Aaron and her are watching Moses on the mountain and watching the battle in the valley and they realize the battle is not really being determined by Joshua, it's being determined by Moses. If Moses lifts up his hand, we are winning victory. If Moses lets down his hand, we are losing. So they figured out Moses' hand cannot be up forever. So we must uphold the authority of Moses. The authority of the church is its doctrine, is the word of God. If Christians disrespect the church, the world will disrespect the church. If Christians defy the word of the Lord, the world will defy the word of the Lord. As long as Christians value the name of the Lord, they have authority. If we diminish the name of the Lord, we lose our authority. And that's what Moses, uh, Aaron, and Herod discovered. We have to uphold the hand of Moses. The ministry of Aaron and Herod, the church ministry, provides support for the church. They provided a seat for Moses to sit on. A seat talks about establishment. We must make sure the church is established on the top of the mountain. Whatever is needed for the church to be established on top of the mountain, we must make it settle because it is in its authority that we do battle. And the third thing about Aaron and her is that they share the burden of the church. Pretty soon they realized that the hand of Moses was growing weak. So they sat, not only was Moses sitting down, they sat on each side of Moses. Aaron on one side, her on one side, and held the hand of Moses. What were they doing? They're transferring the burden of Moses onto their hands. They're telling Moses, whilst we are here, your hands will never get weary. That is the church in ministry. We should not just come to church and go home to live our lives. We must share in the burden of the church. We must share the spiritual burden by praying for the church. I wonder how many of you pray for your church. I know you pray for breakthrough and you pray for favor and you pray for increase and you pray for all the things that you pray for. Do you pray for your church? You must share in the burden of praying for the church praying for your pastors, praying for the leadership of the church. We must share in the burden of the spiritual burdens of the church. We must also share in the evangelization of the church. We must win souls for Christ. When was the last time that you directly spoke to anybody about Jesus and shared the gospel with them? 
When was the last time you invited somebody to church? You must share in the burden. We must also financially support the various outreaches of the church. We must place our talents and influence at the disposal of the church. That's what Aaron and Hare did. They held the hand of Moses and Joshua won the battle. A city set on a hill. That was Moses. Set on a hill. He could not be hidden and he was legislating what was happening down there with Joshua and the rest of the people. When the church is set in authority, its members, its people go out in any direction and wherever they go, they win their battles. If you want to win your battles in life, let the church of Jesus Christ be a city that is set on a hill. And when it is properly positioned, the authorities of this world will be subject to the authority of Jesus Christ. The answer to the world is in the church. The church is not just we gathering and having fun. It is the presence of God within us. It is the Holy Spirit at work in us. We are not perfect. We are weak. We are frail. We make mistakes. But the Holy Spirit uses the things which be not to confound the things which be. The church may not seem so powerful in your eyes, but it's the greatest instrument that God has in his hand. And that is why the church of Jesus Christ continues to influence men and women all over the world. People attack it. Church is the most persecuted agency on this planet. In certain countries, just not too long ago, in places like China, Christians were in prison. The church was underground. In Russia, church was underground. People were killed, persecuted, murdered. In history, the history of mankind, the church is the most persecuted entity on earth. Gone through fire, gone through all kinds of things. Even today, people are being beheaded in many countries because of Jesus. There are people today who are in prison because they are Christians. There are pastors who have been in prison because the church is always constantly under persecution. But the persecution has never stopped the church because Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we cannot be afraid of persecution. We have to stand and be a city that is set on a hill. We will not be hidden. We will not be cast out. We will not be ignored. We will stand there and shine and let the power of Christ be known throughout the world. Are you ready to be a city that is set on a hill? Not a city in the valley, but a city that is set on a hill. You are the solution to this world. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And God depends on you for his work to be done. And may he help us to truly become a city that is set on a hill. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, 
like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000.